Chapter Forty Four, Part Eight of Angels of the Battlefield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton. Chapter Forty Four, Part Eight. Mother Seton. Mary Elizabeth Ann Seton the founder and first superior of the sisters of charity in the united states was one of the most remarkable women in the history of the catholic church in america she was reared in the doctrines of the protestant episcopal church and did not embrace the catholic faith until after the death of her husband this distinguished woman who was born in the city of new york on the twenty eighth of august seventeen seventy four was a younger daughter of dr richard bailey an eminent physician of the metropolis her mother died when she was but three years of age but her father watched over her with all the loving care of a good parent as miss bailey advanced in years nature and education combined in developing those admirable traits of character that were to make her so lovable and merciful in later life all of her friends and relatives were members of the protestant episcopal church but the physician's daughter was more fervent in her religious duties than any of those with whom she was associated from her earliest years she wore a small crucifix on her person and was frequently heard to express regret and astonishment that the custom was not more general among the members of her church at the age of twenty miss bailey was married to william seaton a prosperous and most estimable merchant of new york city it was a happy marriage and husband and wife lived in mutual love and esteem in eighteen hundred mr seaton became embarrassed through a reaction in business caused mainly by the consequences of the revolutionary war in this crisis mrs seaton was a helpmate in every sense of the word she not only cheered her husband by her encouraging counsel but rendered him practical aid in arranging his business affairs in the course of her married life mrs seaton became the mother of five children anna maria william richard catherine josephine and rebecca she was a model mother restraining guiding and educating her offspring with a mingling of tact tenderness and edifying example she did not confine her goodness to her children but was ever ready to assist the poor and suffering one of her biographers said she was so zealous in this respect that she and a relative who accompanied her were commonly called protestant sisters of charity the death of mrs seaton's father in eighteen o one was a source of great sorrow to this devoted woman years had only served to cement the affectionate relations between father and daughter during the last three or four years of his life dr bailey was health officer at the port of new york he was naturally of a philanthropic disposition and his official duties called him to a field that presented an unbounded field for christian charity it was while in the discharge of his duty among the immigrants that dr bailey contracted the illness which carried him to his grave within a week's time mrs seaton had scarcely recovered from the shock of her father's death 
when her husband's health which had never been robust began to decline rapidly a sea voyage and a sojourn in italy were recommended mrs seaton could not permit her husband to travel alone in his weak and exhausted state and she accompanied him along with her oldest child a girl of eight the other children were committed to the care of relatives in new york city the child caught the whooping cough on the way over and the anxious mother was constantly occupied in nursing the husband and daughter before landing the unfortunate trio were detained for many days at the lazaretto station in the harbor of leghorn after they landed the good wife was untiring in her attentions to her husband but in spite of her love and solicitude he died on the twenty seventh of december among strangers and in a foreign land on the following eighth of april with her tears still fresh upon the grave of her devoted husband mrs seaton sailed for home prior to this voyage and during the fifty-six days that it occupied mrs seaton began to take a deep interest in the doctrines and practices of the catholic church she eagerly devoured all of the literature upon the subject that opportunity offered and also learned much by frequent conversations with friends deep meditation finally strengthened her in the desire to become a catholic her only fear was that a change in her religious faith might bring about a coldness and a severance of friendship that existed between herself and her friends and relatives particularly her pastor rev j h hobart a man of singular talent and goodness who afterwards became the protestant episcopal bishop of new york writing of the possibility of such an estrangement in her diary at this time mrs seaton says with evident feeling if your dear friendship and esteem must be the price of my fidelity to what i believe to be the truth i cannot doubt the mercy of god who by depriving me of one of my remaining dearest ties on earth will certainly draw me nearer to him she was not mistaken when she returned home the coldness of many of her protestant friends was a great trial to her warm and still bleeding heart the storm of opposition added to her grief the fact that mrs seaton was in doubt upon the question of religion made her a subject of attack for the friends of all denominations writing of this she says i had a most affectionate note from mr hobart today, asking me how i could ever think of leaving the church in which i was baptized but though whatever he says has the weight of my partiality for him as well as the respect it seems to me i could scarcely have for any one else yet that question made me smile for it is like saying that wherever a child is born and wherever its parents place it there it will find the truth and he does not hear the droll invitations made me every day since i am in my little new home and old friends come to see me it has already happened that one of the most excellent women i ever knew who is of the church of scotland finding me unsettled about the great subject of a true faith said to me oh do dear soul come 
and here are j mason and i'm sure you will join us a little after came one whom i loved for the purest and most innocent of manners of the society of quakers to which i have always been attached she coaxed me too with artless persuasion betsy i tell thee thee had better come with us and my faithful old friend of the anabaptist meeting mrs t says with tears in her eyes oh could you be regenerated could you know our experiences and enjoy with us our heavenly banquet and my good old mary the methodist groans and contemplates as she calls it over my soul so misled because i have got no convictions but oh my father and my god all that will not do for me your word is truth and without contradiction whatever it is one faith one hope one baptism i look for whatever it is and i often think my sins my miseries hide the light yet i will cling and hold to my god to the last gasp begging for that light and never change until i find it mrs seaton's doubts were finally set at rest and on ash wednesday eighteen o five she was received into catholicism in old st peter's church new york city the embarrassed state of her husband's finances at the time of his death had involved her and she opened a boarding-house for some of the boys who attended a neighboring school some months later miss cecilia seaton the youngest sister-in-law of mrs seaton followed her into the catholic church the one thought of mrs seaton was now to devote her life to the poor and to the church the opportunity came sooner than she anticipated the cooperation of the church authorities and financial resources being forthcoming a little community was formed in st joseph's valley emmitsburg vows were taken in accordance with the rules of the institute of the sisters of charity of france and in a few months ten sisters were employed with the instruction of youth and the care of the sick they were poor but happy the first christmas day for instance they rejoiced to have some smoked herring for dinner rigid regulations were adopted for the government of the new order and its growth was remarkable mother seaton had the satisfaction of receiving her eldest daughter into the sisterhood mrs seaton's youngest daughter lived into the nineties and died recently at the mercy convent new york where she had lived as a sister of mercy for over forty years the sons of mrs seaton were prosperously launched in business enterprises mother seaton died on the fourth of january eighteen twenty one in the forty-seventh year of her age her bedside was surrounded by the dark-robed sisters of charity and her only surviving daughter josephine her end was happy and tranquil her career was one of great piety and usefulness she has gone but her memory will live forever through the perpetration of the great order that she planted in the united states and which has already grown to proportions far beyond the most sanguine expectation of its tender 
and affectionate founder. End of chapter 44, part 8. Recording by John Brandon.